It's the Stack Attack Fantasy Podcast, your one-stop shop to dominate fantasy baseball and football. Come get some. And here we go. It's the Stack Attack Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Charlie, and with me as always is Trader Andy. What's up, bro? What's up, my brother? How are we doing today? I'm a little under the weather. The voice is a little raspy, so I think it's going to be you and partner number two with the, the hard-hitting analysis more than me so much this time. Nick, how you doing today, bro? Doing good, doing good. Yeah. How's TGFBI treating both of you guys? Well, I uh, decided to uh, do something that is out of my character. Usually I go for the, the safe route and try to build a lineup that way. This, this time I decide, you know what, I'm going to go the exact opposite, and I'm going to go full big big bust or big hit on Raul Mondesi, Alberto Mondesi in round two. And, if a uh, man want to call himself Alberto Mondesi, my God, <laughs> it's a free country. I, I just don't know I about can't, it. I can't finish or we'll be coughing all I, night. I regret doing it. And at the same time, it, it could still pay off because he had a, had a great last month uh, last year. So I'm, I'm just going to roll with it. I'm going to take a shot. And I, I think I built up a pretty good team uh, since then. And uh, we're going from there. What about you, Nick? How you doing? I'm pretty happy. Start with a 10 hole. Uh, landed Yelich and Bauer, 1-2. I'm absolutely ecstatic about that. So I'm going for a well-balanced team here. I have 14 rounds in. Got two closers. I got solid, decent catcher from the last round or so. I got my steals. I got some power. I have some strikeouts. My ERA might need a little work. But, I mean, for the most part, I'm trying to balance out my team pretty well, going for the uh, the overall title. Yeah, that's what Mondesi can do. It's that overall title. And thank God, with Jeff not looking, uh, you know, thank God no one has to see Jeff because he looks horrible. So that, that's Do one I? thing. Yeah. Oh, God, man. You, you sound bad, but you look even worse, bro. You have the face for radio, let me tell you. So. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. All right. My, my team is coming out pretty good. I, the sniper came out pretty early in our draft, and it's, it's like it got ugly. Some of my core value players, such as Reese Hoskins and, uh, and of course, Nicky Madrigal, I had, to, I had to jump up about 15 to 20 points of ADP to, to secure them. You know, I did what I always do. And make sure I get two top-notch closers, Chapman, which I think all three of us have. Okay. Yeah. And I put him with Karinchak, so that allows me as I'm building the rest of my pitching staff to not really worry about strikeout guys. I could focus on the ratios because if you take a hundred, a hundred strikeout closer and put them with a 160 strikeout starter, it's the same as if you have a 200 strikeout starter and a 60 strikeout reliever. So I, I don't have to worry about strikeout so much because Chapman and uh, Corinne Jack are going to pretty much put 200 together. And I think you guys both basically did the same thing too. Yeah, we're, right? we're basically doing the same model. Now, the, my question is for each of you is we're all in three separate drafts. Do you see who's the one person in each draft that you see that just flew up the charts just this, in the past couple of days? Like I know we were talking about CJ Crone going up like that was hundred. That was gonna be my uh, answer actually. He just went. I think round thirteen yeah. or fourteen. He just went. Um, and the helium's there for him, especially if he wins that job. I mean, he's got the power bat. People are gonna sell him as the power bat. He got injured last year in Detroit. I mean, he was on a good pace until that injury. So people are just gonna see that. And I mean, it's course Field. They're gonna have somebody calling out thirty to forty home runs a year, and you're gonna see the ADP hit crack the top two hundred probably, if that happens, yeah. of course. Anybody else you see, Jeff? 
Well, Andy, I, there's not really too many jumpers. There, like the one thing I'm noticing is that from you know I'm paying attention to both of your drafts too, and and people are two to three rounds different. You know, people are doing a good job making sure that they get their guys. Like I just said with that, the one guy I'm a little pissed off about that jumped up. He was sliding all week, and and then he goes out. You know, right before we recorded this tonight, he goes out and throws, you know, nine perfect outs. It's Aaron Savali, who was one of my one of my top guys, and and you guys both saw him slide like twenty points past ADP. But my my draft's a little bit slower than yours, so I, I think I'm two or three rounds behind you guys. And once that news came out and 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 hit the internet, he he went off the board right away. And I had made a decision to take Tyler Molly ahead of him. And I, I might have made a mistake there. Yeah. We'll see. The but, kids, the kids like to Molly. That's what I heard. So, <laughs> Nick, what you had something else you wanted to say about the closer situation? Yeah, right? I, I, we were all. I think the three of us are in agreement that getting two decent closers in this format is, you know, mandatory. I mean, it's fifteen teamer. I have. We all have our oldest Chapman. I took uh, Trevor Rosen, uh, Rosenthal. I saw Ryan Presley go round seven ahead of James Karinchak and Brad Hand, which I think is crazy. Um, people are chasing those saves. They see Houston. They see a good team. I mean, we could still have a soonest sign back with them. We don't know yet. But um, Nick, see Krinchak and Hand go after him is a little mind-boggling to me. But the bottom line is, like, you know, we rank players now, but the truth of the matter is that move could pay off because if Presley keeps the job and he does what he's capable of, I mean, he could pop 50 saves on the team he's on, you yeah. know? I mean, they took a little bit of hit with Framber Valdez going going down, but if at the end of the season Presley was the top overall closer, I wouldn't be surprised. But it's I'm not going to predict it, but I could see a path where that could potentially happen. So that guy in your league probably just feels that way. Yeah, and the thing with the closers too is I think I was talking with uh, Mika about this. You don't get a good closer. You don't get a good second closer. All of a sudden, you're following Kansas City Royal beat writers on Twitter, hoping that you can get a top of head. <laughs> and um, that closer might be a half your budget closer, or you can get him for a dollar a week and two in advance. Right. Well, keep in mind it and make sure anybody out there that's listening that's in the TGFBI, Fab this year is a thousand dollars, not a hundred. Mm-hmm. So, bid in a dollar on a player isn't really too necessary unless it's some whack job. Or a closer, which I've done. Yep. All right, guys. Let, let's get into the heart of the matter here. We're gonna we're gonna start. We we finished up on our our prospects, and we're gonna go through the ADP and talk by position. Uh, tonight we're gonna do the corners, and we'll probably refer back to TGFBI as we get to players that we've taken, and we have a couple of crossovers where we're both, um, or maybe even all three of us are on the same player at, uh, on our teams. So, you know, let, let's start the first round. ADP-wise, Freddie Freeman and, and Cody Bellinger are basically going at the back of the first round, you know, interchangeable. Sometimes one goes in front of the other. It, do, it doesn't matter which. Um, I'm a Bellinger guy. That was actually from the 14 slot who I took as my number one over my first uh, first round pick. I like the fact that he can go to the outfield, and I might actually take advantage of that in this league because I have two first basemen on my team already. And I only have one outfielder so far through whatever it is, 12 rounds. So I may end up moving Bellinger to the outfield at some point. Uh, we'll see how that build finishes up. But those two are basically the creme de la creme. Bellinger gives you a, 
a baseline basically everywhere, has the potential to be a top five player overall. Freeman's coming off of an MVP season. You can't go wrong with either of them. Overall, as we go through this, you'll see that that the the first base position, although there's some pretty good sleepers that we'll talk about, overall it's not extremely deep. After you get through the first couple, you're kind of scared a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, the next guy, I, I think both of you guys are very high on Jose Abreu. So, Andy, why don't you start off with him and and tell us what you like about him? Well, he was by far the best hitter in uh, the majors last year. He was a monster. Uh, the uh, lineup was much improved this offseason, which I think will generate some more opportunities for some RBIs. He's an MVP candidate. Uh, he just does everything, and he's right in the middle of a lineup, which I think the White Sox could challenge to go into the World Series. So I'm all for him. I think he's he's too low. I mean, he, he's as weak as first base is. You know, I'm okay with the, the Abreu and the Goldie area right there. I don't know if I would pay that high up for Freeman, but I really don't want to go too farther down than that because it gets ugly quick. Nick, I think you actually drafted Abreu, didn't yeah, you? I took him uh, pick 51 overall. If you look at the NFBC ADP, he's currently 39. In this format for TGFBI, that's a third-round pick, essentially. Ew. And I got him uh, in the fourth round. So Awesome. First round, first baseman. ALMVP, I'm pretty stoked about that in the fourth round. I actually, if we're going in ADP order, I went out out of order because I skipped over a multi-position guy. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I caught myself. He, he's, you know, I, I don't consider him a first baseman, but, you know, if we're talking about a, a scarce position, you might want to take a look at DJ LeMay, as a first baseman. Yeah, Three cat. Uh, he plays three positions. He's multi-position. It's it's amazing. You can put him anywhere. He's a four cat, four category star. Uh, developed power as soon as he got to uh, New York with that little ballpark that they play in, and uh, you know just the the extra positions just amazing. He plays first, second, third. Uh, he's going to get you a hundred runs, hundred RBIs, hit you twenty plus home runs. He's going to win batting title. I mean, it's amazing what he's done in the no, past no, couple years. No, he's not. That that's Nicky Madrigal's winning the batting title. Well, <laughs> keep it going. All right, rookie, <laughs> rookie hype. Find that. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the best thing about Lemayhew, like you said, not just the park factor. It, it's it's the lineup position. He's 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 batting at the top of the lineup. With a couple of mashers behind them, with, with with Judge and Stanton, and and probably what Hicks Hicks is probably going to be in the middle early part of the lineup because he's the only lefty. So, like you said, there there's a hundred runs there easily. The position stinks. Um, the, yeah, go for the it, Yankees man. were very wise to resign him. He was the number one priority. He's earned his pinstripes. He had that game six tie in the home run in the ninth inning against the Astros in the ALCS. He's a Yankee. They needed him back, and he's going to really propel this lineup. Yeah, they still lost, though. It's okay. They still lost, you know. <laughs> but hey, trash cans. Yeah. All right. So we're we're still in the upper rounds here. Uh, one one of the one of the guys that actually changed positions and gained some extra eligibility there at first base this year is Vlad Guerrero. Andy, I know that's your guy, so I'm going to keep my mouth shut about it. <laughs> Well, and, you, and his you know, 80 is, hit uh, tool. Yeah, well, we know he doesn't have an 80 hit tool. I was all over that watching him, and he definitely doesn't have that. I'd say a 60. 
maybe a 70, but 60, I'm thinking. Uh, but, you know, he's in the quote-unquote best shape of his life, which is actually legit. He lost 42 pounds uh, much quicker. Uh, he's getting around on the ball. He doesn't look like a little pork chop anymore. You know, improved his K rate uh, last year, even with a little season. So I, I feel like he did make minor strides while he was still fat. And now he's skinnier, and he's going to be mashing the ball. Uh, I think a lot of people are saying that he's going to hit 30, 40 home runs. I, I don't know if he's going to do all that, but he's also in a, another lineup now that's monster. It's it's a huge lineup. It's, so I feel that he's you know going to bat with a lot of people ahead of him in the lineup. He's probably going to be batting like fifth or sixth probably. Yeah, that's – What do you guys think? Uh, that's crazy because he looks like the prototypical number four header. But just the the lineup construction for that team. I mean, I mean, Marcus Simeon is just a perfect, perfect two hole hitter. Uh, just just changed the lineup completely. Taking uh, Gio, who we'll talk about later on, out of the top of the lineup and putting him into an RBI spot. I, I think just opens everything up. That lineup is beyond stacked. I mean, you got Bichette, Springer, Biggio, Vlad, who lost forty two pounds this off season. Listen, if, uh, if if he's in the best shape of his life, I'm definitely Bartolo Colon. I'm in the worst shape of my life. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm glad this year. I think he's going to be great. They, I think that ADP is going to skyrocket as we get close to opening day. All right, all right. So, so we'll we'll keep it keep it moving here. We're not going to dig deep into everybody. Uh, Pete Alonso comes up. We we just had Andy Spiteri on last week. Uh, he waved a little bit of a caution flag, saying. Alonzo might be the guy that loses some some at-bats late in the game because of the lack of DH, and then Andy went and drafted him in TGFBI in, like, round four. So you could still draft him with confidence. Don't worry about that. Uh, either of you guys really on Luke Voigt this year. He was an MVP candidate last year. The home run opportunities there. I'm I'm worried about an average drain. I think he peaked, and he's going to be overdrafted for the most part this year, especially when we get closer to opening day. Just remember that, guys. When we get closer to opening day, the ding-dongs are starting to draft, and that changes ADP up quite a bit. Right now, if you're if you're drafting on March 4th, you're drafting with intelligent people, and you are an intelligent person because most people have no interest in doing what we're doing right now. And if you're listening to this, you, you, you probably are uh, just as smart as we are. So kudos to you on that. Um... The, the next couple of guys, I mean, Matt Olson is basically the same player as Luke Voigt. Big home run, a lot of RBIs, a lot of swing and miss, possible average drain. A little bit of a concern. You know, I, I'm just I'm just not buying into him that that early. Max Muncy is is a, a a junior version of DJ LeMahieu. I'm I'm liking him. I you know, average is a potential issue again. It seems like that's a big key factor that goes on at first base quite a bit, which is why Paul Goldschmidt and, and Anthony Rizzo going around number 100 overall is pretty good value. That That's what, that's the sixth round in, in a 15-teamer. So the, that's definitely somebody that I'm looking at. Um, moving down uh, after that, the, the next guy that's really interesting to us is, uh, I think I think Nick drafted him. Eric Hosmer, you have yep. him, right? I did. I did. Talk about him a little bit. He, um, no, Hosmer had a good season last year. He, um, he's in a great lineup this year. He's got a lot of opportunities. I mean, last year alone, he had nine home runs, 36 RBI. 
you translate that to a full season. I mean, granted, probably not going to have it in a full season, this kind of a stat line, but he's project, he could be projected 30 plus home runs with that, uh, that bat, 100, 100 tower BIs. Could we bat and clean up in a solid lineup? I mean, if you watch Padre Twitter, they all they say is he hits in a double plays. I mean, we play a fantasy. I don't care if he hits into a triple play. Just hit me some home runs. But um, he'll be decent for the average. He's not gonna hit. He's not gonna do great. But I think he'll be pretty decent. So I think he's a nice late round flyer. If you can get him pretty late, I got him at pick. I believe it was one sixty overall. His ADP is one thirty nine. So I find that a bargain. The the one thing about Hosmer that would encourage me. You you said that you could potentially project those stats over the course of the season. He's never been known as a big home run hitter. He always was more of a, a batting average kind of guy. But last year, his he changed his swing and the launch angle is is still fairly fairly average to below average for for the majority of the league. But his launch angle last year was eight point seven, and his his career average had previously been 3.2. He actually had one season, uh, and it was a, a season that he slumped and batted 240, that he had a negative launch angle. Like, you you remember uh, uh, Mr. Caffrey telling us to hit the ball on the ground, Andy, right? <laughs> like, yeah. it's kind of like that back when you're a little kid, when they told you to swing down, and now it's like the complete opposite. So... Obviously, he learned something and found something last year, and he had success with it. So I'm not calling that a hot streak. That That is a small sample that's out of the norm because of something different. So I'm buying in on it, and I think you made a good pick with that. So kudos to you on that. Uh, next guy that really comes of any interest to us is, is a, a stack attack favorite. Uh, we talked about him a little bit on... On the uh, last podcast, me and Andy with uh, James Anderson. That's uh, Reese Hoskins. His ADP is climbing quite a bit right now. Uh, a lot of the reason for that is he's healthy and he wasn't expected to be. Everybody thought originally that he was going to miss close to a month, but he's already ready for cactus leaf, well, whatever, grapefruit. I don't know what the hell spring training called anymore um he's ready for spring training games and you know so he basically isn't gonna isn't gonna miss a beat he's ready to go the guy gets on base constantly he's still an average train he's always going to be an average train if we if we could get him to 250 he's perfect because the power you know we saw that one time he hit 17 home runs in his first month it's mm-hmm. there i i just think you know we talked about it last last time there's so many distractions last year for him, and I, I think he, he went from making 560000 a year to now like $4.3 million this year. So he's truly going to take over uh, as a co-captain of that team with Bryce Harper and, and MASH. It's just a matter of will he be in the two-hole or the five-hole? Ah. Mm-hmm. Give me a pick with three minutes to go in my league. Look at that. So he, <laughs> he waited three hours and 57 minutes to make a pick. Yes, he did. And now he's back up. And uh, two more picks just occurred, and now he's back up. Did he snipe you? No, he did not. He took uh, Paul DeJong. Oh, and he just picked again, Nathan Avaldi. All right. Well, those are both interesting so, players. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, may, no. they may not have been on your build, but those, those are two players that we're going to talk about in future episodes. Yeah. That King, I'm a yeah. fan we, of. We got, we got Dalton Barshow and Devin Williams still on the board here. Yep. Wow. Okay. Maybe two targets of mine if they keep sliding. 
of our show. I mean, granted, nobody in, our, in my league is probably listening to this, so I can just talk freely all I want. <laughs> all right. And Andy, I got a guy here, um, your namesake. <laughs> your namesake. Uh, Nick is tilted. T- Nick is, til- Nick <laughs> is tilted. We're making picks here. Nice. Good for you. Uh, let's talk about ADP 239 about uh, a name near and dear to heart, Ryan McMahon. That's my boy. Uh, I, I've loved him for years. I was buying his rookie cards when he first came, first got drafted. Uh, it's like my my cousin, you know, same right lefty swing, just like myself. Uh, he's got three positions: first, second, third. He had a horrible year last year, but like we have been saying on the past couple pods, last year was either a hot streak or a cold streak. You know, we can't really take all that into uh, accountability. the The year before. You know, he had a solid year. Uh, he really had a bad year last year. His his K rate went up big time. His walk rate dropped. And, you know, his batting average was horrible. I, I think, though, in that park, I think he's going to get back up to 240 to 260. He's going to hit 30 home runs and give you three positions. So it's all about flexibility. So, nice. What do you guys think? I, I, I can't disagree with it, and he's going to be eligible at multiple positions because he's going to be the starting third baseman, right? Correct? Uh, yeah. That's where yeah. they're going to play him, but he's el- he, he's a, he's first at, eligible now. at first and second now, so you're looking yeah. at three positions. That's why I listed him as a first baseman, not a third baseman. You might have to wait a couple couple of weeks before your league will allow you to put him there, but this is well, definitely... I was going to say, what do you, what, what's your <clears throat> take on first base, CJ Cron or uh, Fuentes? What do you see that happening? Uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say CJ Cron is gonna, gonna get the job. He's kind of the perfect hitter for Coors Field. I, th- I think, I, I think we're drafting him as if he's got a chance to hit 40 home runs because he's a big home run hitter, and you know the Coors effect. But uh, that, that's a little crazy. I, I think you're looking more at like. Uh, 25 to 28 home runs, 80, 80 plus RBIs, and hopefully he could change the 240 batting average to like 260 because of the Coors effect and and make it make it pretty much a uh, successful pick at that point. He's he's jumped up over a hundred points in the last week in ADP. So yeah. he went from being undrafted to you know what is it now round 14 or something like that. And the the Rockies aren't gonna play Fuentes. You know, they hate Nolan Arenado, so they're not going to play his cousin. You know, the heck with him. Right. Um, we're not bit, We're not too uh, too high on Carlos Santana. He doesn't really bring too much special to the table. Same yeah. same with Yuli Gurriel. If we if we were confident Yuli Gurriel would bat 310 again like he did a couple of years ago, he'd be way up there on my list because, you know, even though he's only a 23 to 25 home run guy, the batting average separated him, and it just doesn't look like it's there anymore. I think he's lost it. He's old, like, I, and I think I think he lied on his visa too, or or whatnot. So I think he's like forty five. Yeah, he's he's like El Duque, <laughs> old man. You know, that, that that's the way it goes. Uh, Andy, I think you said that there was one other guy that's a first baseman that you're like madly in love with uh, at ADP two eighty. Why don't you talk about your boy? Oh, that's just sexiness right there. Uh, Rowdy Telez. Let me just tell you about this guy. He is going to be a, a league winner this year. He's going to be someone that gets drafted at the end of the draft. He's going to be on the team. He's going to hit 30 home runs, 
100 RBIs. He's going to bat 280 to 290. He actually cut his K rate in half last year, increased his walk rate. Uh, he's hitting bombs. He's, you know, obviously there's going to be some competition for, for at bats, I think, but I think the DH spot, I think is, is going to be his to lose. And they, they love him. You know, he just came out in the spring hitting a bomb to, uh, he just looks so good. And just me talking on this damn podcast, I know I'm going to wind up losing him in my home leagues, but I'm going to hurt somebody. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I, I, I'm not a big, I'm not a big uh, Rowdy Telez guy. He's burned me in the past, uh, and I, I it's coming. The breakout's coming now. You heard it right here. Okay. The the thing you have going for you that that will help you to win that argument is that their lineup looks just like the Yankees lineup, and it's just right-handed heavy. It's crazy. BGO looks like he's going to drop towards the second half of the lineup, like we just said. Um, he's a lefty. Telez is is also a lefty. He'll probably be in somewhat of a platoon with Grichuk. Grichuk is too good to be a fourth outfielder. He needs to get at bats. But Telez is on the right side of the platoon, being the left-handed hitter. And there's going to have to be at bats for him. I mean, they have the flexibility that they could they could scooch uh, Guerrero back over to third if they need to, and open up. Uh, some at bats at first base as well. Um, you know they, they they have a flexible lineup. Everybody on that roster, save for uh, save for Springer and Hernandez, can basically play more than one position. So there's a lot of ways to get him into the lineup. So I I think you'll get 450 at bats for him. You're not gonna he's not gonna be a 550 at bat guy, but I think that'll come with 25 home runs. So. I I don't know I don't know if you're going to flush the the batting average down the drain. We'll see we'll see how that looks. I I need to see that before I co-sign with you. But I I think the the 25 home runs is pretty much something that you could write down with a dark pen. All right, Nick. You have anybody else at first base? I, I it's not really a position we're in love with. So I I don't know. It's I mean there's two guys that jump out of mind to me here. Uh, one I know Andy loves is Nate Love. Finally okay. getting he's finally free. Finally, uh, out of Tampa, he's in Texas, and I think he's got top ten first base potential. Um, he's just going to be—I think he's going to be a great value this year. He's currently ADP three fifty, basically, so he's free. Um, jump on him now. The second guy I like—he's um, multi-positional eligibility, first base and third base—is Yamir Candelario. Oh, yeah, he is going far, far, far late, but he. Uh, He's had a semi-breakout last year. I mean, he hit seven home runs in 52 games. Could be a 20-home run guy in a pretty bad lineup. If you're looking for somebody in the bench rounds just to throw in there, he's not a bad dart throw. Andy, you have anything to add about him? I know he's a player you kind of like. Yeah, well, he's a guy whose K rate has dropped uh, three years in a row. He's improving every single year. He was a top prospect with the Cubs. His bat is going to play. He's, I, I think he's going to easily bat 270 this year, hit 18, 18 to 20 home runs. You're looking at 75 RBIs and runs scored. I think he's going to be solid, you know, especially where he's drafting. It's, it's a great value. So I'm all in with Nick. All right, cool. All right, let, let's move across the diamond and uh, talk about a couple of third basemen. This is another one of those positions that, uh, save for a couple of sleepers in there, it gets, it gets pretty ugly and it gets scary. Um. I, I'm not really 
taking too many of these guys up top because I'm ju- I'm just not a Jose Ramirez guy. I I I I'm not coming out of my first round with a guy that was struggling with like a 170 batting average for half a season a little while ago. I just I I can't do it. The 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 team is terrible. Any of you guys I I mean we probably have drafted between me and Nick, we've probably drafted 30 teams. Andy, what are you up to? About six so far you've done? Yeah, about that. So we've probably drafted close to 35 teams between us. How many shares Zero of Jose shares. Ramirez we have? Zero. Zero. Yeah, there's always somebody. I, I Seriously, I, I'd rather jump up and and take the uh, t- take Bellinger than Ramirez at an ADP of 10. I'd rather jump up four or five spots for Bellinger there. Um or just take a pitcher if you're if you're stuck in that area. We've been we've been taking Yelich a lot from the ten slot. I, yeah, I know I, I know uh, Mr. Mimikos loves that just as much as I do. Um, so yeah, just just cross Jose Ramirez off. We're not going to do anything with that. Maybe in an auction if he if if he goes under value, but I I don't see myself doing that. Machado, I could see myself jumping in at some point. Uh, late second round, especially in an auction, he's the kind of player I think I could see myself with. Either of you guys interested in him or great lineup, you know. It, 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 it's a price tag. Yeah, it's a price tag situation. He, he, you know, he could be an MVP, but I'm not going out of my way because most of the time, and I know the both of you are the same way in snake drafts. That 99% of the time in the second round, you're taking a starting pitcher because because you you took your offensive corner cornerstone in the first round and you want to get that starting pitcher in the second. So he's not somebody we're going to have too much. Um, you can take LeMayhew as a third baseman if that's what you so choose. I'm, I'm a big uh, big guy on Nolan Arenado who's sliding. You know, he drops one, two, three ADP slots a day. Um, change over to St. Louis. Probably going to bat 260 instead of 290 to 300. But the home runs will still be there. The RBIs and runs might actually increase. So he's somebody I'm buying up on. Uh, the next three guys, before a little bit of a tear break, are are uh, you know they're potentially uh, superstars. They're they're all all star caliber players. Devers, Bregman, and Rand- Rendon. Nick, uh, of those three, who's your favorite? And do you have any shares of any of them? I have no shares of any of them at the moment. Uh, you said Bregman, right? Bregman, Rendon, Devers. I don't have any shares. Um, Bregman, I was torn with in uh, TGFBI and taking. I think he's going to be the best. Where'd he go with you? Where'd he go? What round? Uh, ooh, hold on. He, he generally goes about 40th overall, which would be third round. So I saw somebody post that they got him in the fifth. Yeah. He went round four. He went round four for me. Um, he's, dro- he's dropping a little bit. Yeah, they run out of trash cans. We had a bad year. He was injured last year. He has no trash can to bang. Um, I think this year, I think he bounces back this year. I don't think he's going to be to what he used to be, and losing a couple position eligibility hurts, but I think he's still going to be great value. I mean, he was, what, a second or third round player last year? Yeah, yep, definitely. All right, Andy, back to you uh, for our – it's been five minutes since we talked about the Blue Jays, so let's do it. All right. Craig Biggio. Craig Biggio, I said. <laughs> let's let's cross that off. Right. That's fine, bro. Kevin. All right, Kevin Biggio <laughs> with the Blue Jays. Uh, he has uh, got three positions, second, third, and outfield. He's a average drain, but uh, obviously if you're in an OBP league, he flies up the, the, the charts for you. Uh, he's 
Last year, he had a solid year. Uh, I, I'm always looking, as you hear in every guy I talk about, uh, about K rate and walk rate. He His K rate went down 5% last year, so he's making more contact. He's drawing more walks. He's getting on base, uh, which will provide more, more runs to there. He's definitely going to be a cheap source of steals because he's going to get – I think he's going to go 20-20 this year, if I had to guess. Uh, and I know uh, uh, Nick thinks the same as me, right? I do. I love Vigil last year. Um, seeing his ADP skyrocket hurts me because I would love to get him late, but it's not happening this year. I actually got him in my, my league, so I wind up uh, grabbing him, uh, I think, uh, around four or five, I think, five maybe? Yeah, his rookie year, I remember looking at him like late rounds, like taking that flyer on him, seeing the steals upside. And now he's got the steals, he's got the lineup, he's going to get the runs, everything. It's going to be, he's a great value pick this year. He's got the runs? <laughs> he's got the like, runs, yeah. That sounds like a problem, bro. <laughs> oh, man. It could be a problem. It could very well be a problem. <laughs> it, awesome. It's going to be like Lamar Jackson, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Isaac. The, the the discount on Eugenio Suarez is long gone. We got that a couple of years ago. 35 to 40 home run potential. So uh, obviously, What's that? What was the injury last year? Didn't he fall in his pool? Yeah, or he pulled an side? Andy. He pulled an Andy. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> dude. My neck still dude, hurts. Dude, we're gonna we're we're gonna have to talk about this for a second. So <laughs> we we were about what were we, about sixteen years old or whatever? Yeah, about yeah, sixteen years old. And and uh Andy's Andy was living up in uh Rochester, New York. And but his family was gonna be moving back down to the area. So he wanted to be able to go to high school with me back where he started and be able to play baseball on the team and everything like that. So he actually moved in with me at the beginning of the summer and stayed at my parents' house with us. So one day we're out in the back in the swimming pool. My father is big on his pool and everything like that. Andy, Andy is, you know, not, not a small guy. And he go, goes to do a, a handstand in the swimming pool, slips and cricks his neck a little bit, right? So what's he do? He blames my mom and says that she put too much chlorine in there. And he's like talking like he's going to sue my parents because he slipped on the on the, on the slimy swimming pool. Dude, this I, shit was clean, man. It was clean. No, it, it was very slippery. It was very slippery. <laughs> and my neck still hurts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he gives he gives my mom crap about that every time he sees her still like what, what 30 years <laughs> later, we still talk about that. Yeah. But... The funniest thing was me trying to make it through the night with a, a sprained neck. Yeah, <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> well, well, the the Andy living living with w- with me shenanigans podcast will come another day because we could go on for <laughs> several hours and it was only a few months. Um, <laughs> all right, so Suarez, we're we're not we're not in love with him, but there's there's many drafts where he slides big time. His ADP is seventy seven, but he has. He's one of those guys that has like a min of like 40 where some team, some people will take him in the third or fourth round or he'll slide in past 100. So there's a point where you could take him at value and, and strike the lottery a little bit with him. But I, I'm, I'm not drafting him where, where he's at at that ADP. And again, it's the same thing as ADP's 80. And just as a, a rule of thumb, Stack attack is going for a closer in round six. We're, we're securing those saves. So we're usually not going to be in the market for a sixth round third baseman. Um, the next guy is somebody that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, reports are that he's healthy 
after a rough year last year. And I'll tell you what, with what I'm going through right now with my breathing issues, these people that say that they had a hard time with COVID last year, but they're 100% right now, I'm buying in on it. All right? So let's uh, let's start off. Andy, you go first, and then we'll kick it to Nick about Yohan Makara. Well, the year before, he batted 315 in 2019 with 25 homers, 10 stolen bases. He was breaking out of the plate. Uh, he was uh, the key to him. All right. Now, obviously, he had health issues last year. All right. The key to him being successful. And I, I read this article somewhere and it was amazing. Uh, when he is aggressive, he is going to bat over 300 and he's going to dominate. When he becomes passive at the plate is when he's going to struggle. All right. Well, he does not chase bad pitches. He's one of the top five in the league of not chasing bad pitches. But what happens is he is very passive, and these guys are throwing, you know, he's at a 3-0 count, and they're just plugging a fastball right down the plate. And they're just hitting it in there, and he's not being aggressive. Uh, they want him to be more aggressive at the plate this year. I think that's going to cause him to uh, spike up in his numbers, be more aggressive, and drive the ball, especially with that extra beef in the lineup. I, I think that he's going to have a very, very nice bounce back. What do you think, Nick? I agree 100%. Last year, his uh, stock was through the roof. Down year in 2020, and now here we are again. I think he's double steals. I think he'd be a five-category contributor. He's in a stacked lineup as it is. I mean, you throw – you have a Bray, you, you're going to throw Vaughn in that lineup. You have him, Timmy Anderson, my boy. I mean, it's just going to be stacked. He's going to be hitting it all day. I'm all in on Makata this year. I'm, I mean, he's a couple Twinkies away from losing those steals, let me tell uh, you. That's fine. I'll, but, give, give me 10 steals, and I'll still be happy. No, yeah. you know about that, right? No, but when you get fat, you go from 2015 to zero. <laughs> like, yeah. you don't lose five steals. You lose them all. Yeah, there's, there was some kind of story I heard about him eating 100 Twinkies one day. Yeah. So he's he's one Twinkie away from zero stones. Hey, you can't do that? That's not good? Uh, no, no. Oh, just crap. avoid. Ah, crap. <laughs> all, right, all right, listen. I picked Moncada on this podcast to win the MVP last year. So... I'm definitely I, I I'm definitely in. I I think the fact that I have him at such a discount in our uh, our Skidoo Home League auction at only ten bucks, I think that's why I haven't really drafted him much because I already got that important share and I'm I'm kind of going in another direction. My only concern with him and we we actually forgot to mention Andrew Vaughn when we were uh, going through first base. He's somebody that we definitely love and and no matter where you draft him right now, he's going to be a bargain because. If he plays every day, Vaughn, he's probably going to give you fourth or fifth round value. So even if you jump way up and take him in the 11th round, 12th round, if he makes the team within the first four weeks, you're going to end up with a fifth round player and and you won on that. But that's, that's, that's another story. I just don't know what happens with this lineup with the White Sox. It's impossible to, to, to really handicap right now. You know, roster resource has, has, him batting sixth, which works for me because that puts Tim Anderson one and Adam Eaton, our favorite sleeper, two. Uh, so if that goes down uh, with Nicky Madrigal at, at the number nine spot as, you know, that second leadoff hitter, that's like three leadoff hitters in a row. It's pretty smart. But with all that talent, with Grandal and Abreu and Jimenez, who could be an MVP candidate, Louis Robert, who might be you know one of the best fantasy players in the game this year, I, I think the lineup position make, makes a big difference as to what the, the value of 
Moncada ends up being. All right. Moving on down the line, uh, Andy, I know you're a big fan of Jeff McNeil. We're viewing him more as a second baseman this year, so we'll talk about him uh, on the next episode. Uh, Alec Baum is somebody that we keep talking about, but none of us are ever pulling the trigger. He's got two-position eligibility. I yeah I I can't do it man I I just my problem with it is that he batted like 338 last year and I I think that people think that that's real and that's not real that's that's small sample he didn't start the season up right right away last year so I I, I think he played like 40 games you know it's a real small sample the the batting average is fake the power is real um I he's he's not somebody I'm in love with there there's a little bit of little bit of stolen base potential there. I'm I'm usually passing because the next couple guys are, are a few guys that we absolutely love. Nick, why don't you tell me about Matt Chapman? He, I know he's somebody that you're pretty high on this year. Yeah, Matt Chapman. He uh, what is it? September hip um, surgery he had, so clearly he was out. He's recovering right now. They're easing him back in, but he's got that major power upside. If you can take a swing on him, his current ADP. I mean, I would definitely do it. 2019, he had 36 home runs. 2020, he played 37 games. He had 10 home runs. I mean, the power's there. He might be, he's going to be an average drain. I mean, the last year he was batting in the 230s, give or take, the full season. He's probably in the 250s, but power's there. Power's real. He's in a good lineup. I mean, I'm in. I, I think on the next episode, we should play the average drain drinking game. What do you think? <laughs> oh, I, I won't be able to hang. <laughs> it's like my favorite. Favorite uh, favorite phrase. My favorite third baseman is Chris Bryant, and you know his ADP is only 130. I mean, Jesus Christ, this guy's going in the double digit rounds in 12 team leagues. This is somebody that I got sniped for on TGFBI. I was going to take him in round seven, and somebody jumped up ahead of me and took him piece of. I got him in ten. Yeah, you got him in ten, which 10. is which is where he yeah. should. You know, based on ADP, that's right about where he's going. You probably got a little bit of a deal on him. Uh, you know, this guy is just there's concern about the batting average. He's capable of hitting 300. We'll see. I I, I can't promise you that, but if he hits 300, he he might win the MVP because he's going to score 110, 120 runs if he's on base that much, and the RBI and home run like he 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 this guy could legitimately. If he hits 280, he could hit 35 home runs, score 110, and knock in 100. And like, what the hell more do you want? How many players in the game do that? Not too many. So I love him, man. I didn't get him in TGFBI. I, I'm going to have him everywhere else I can. We're drafting Raslam next next week. That's a 12-team league. I'm, I'm, I'm licking my chops waiting to draft him. <laughs> Yeah, with uh, Chris Bryant, too. I did a, uh, a full season league last week with uh, CBS, and it was an auction. And first off, my auction, I loved it. I ended up with Mookie Betts and Christian Yelich, two hitters, phenomenal. I love that start. I got Chris Bryant for five bucks. <laughs> That's five just bonkers. Bucks. That's bonkers. Five bucks for Chris Bryant. I, I couldn't believe I was watching. I was waiting for the chat to pop up. Somebody saying, I couldn't bid. Please restart it. And nothing happened. It was incredible. Crickets. Oh, it's beautiful. Crickets on Chris Bryant. I have I have him in our in our Skidoo league for twenty five, and I'm probably going to keep him because I know the I know the way that inflation works in that league. He's you know big names go still go high no matter what, and he's going to go for forty dollars if I throw him back. So I might as well just take my guy. All right, we're all in on Chris Bryant. 
Uh, Andy, I'm going to kick it to you. What? Tell me if you're in love with Cabrian Hayes. I know that you have Chris Bryant. Oh, my God. Look at that. That is beautiful, man. Good job with your corner. Andy, a- Andy yeah. McMahon, your trader Andy, you're looking at a corner of Reese Hoskins, Chris Bryant, and Cabrian Hayes. I love it. That's beautiful. Got it cheap. Uh, I think uh, I had a chance to take Hayes. I think it was Hayes. And who's the other person, Nick? And we're going back and forth with it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to – it was over Hosmer. And I was like, taking Hosmer. I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm going to take Hayes. I think that he's going to be really solid this year, and he's going to give you something that usually you don't get from from third base, which is 15 stolen bases probably. I think his average is going to be up there. Kid kid is really, really good. I think – you know, if I got at a decent round too, so I'm not going to overpay with some of these guys, but I, I'm very, very happy about getting him. I got him in the teens. So, all right. Uh, my thing about Hayes, I think I, I think that was a great conversation. Hosmer is a good comparison. They're just about the same level player. Uh, Hayes is going to give you that those stolen bases that you talked about that you can't really get from Hosmer. He'll only get a couple. Uh, but the average is going to be pretty safe. I'm, I'm fairly safe giving him 275, which as a floor, I, I think he he's yep. going to go up from there. And if if somebody guarantees me 270, they're welcome on my team. And he's somebody I think guarantees you 275. So I haven't I haven't gotten a share of him yet, but I I'm, I'm going to have to do one. It's probably because I got a hard on for Chris Bryant and they basically get drafted right about the same time. So I'm, I'm not getting too much Cabrian Hayes, but you, you doubled up on it, man. I like that double tap. Yeah. Good job. Um, Thanks. Nick, you have any interest in Gio Urshela this year? He's you're a Yankee fan. Yeah. He, he he's, I, I thought he played over his head. I, I'm not really drafting him. Any reason to be interested in him? I like Gio. I think he's in a good lineup. Um, but I'm not going to touch him. Again, I like him. I think he's got great potential this year. He's being drafted about 160 ADP. Um, I don't know. He just feels like a manufactured Yankee, a, ball, a product of the ballpark. Miguel Landahar is a better hitter. Yeah. yeah. Lock it down. Yeah. I, love I, that. I, I agree with I agree yeah. with that. I agree with that. Why, I love that. How old is Urshel? Is, is, is he still in his 20s? Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Mid-20s. Yeah, so I think what? he's in yeah. So why the hell don't they trade him high and and I I guess it's confidence in Andujar. Andujar just has no opportunity whatsoever. No. And no. you know that first year he was up, he he was a star. So, so, if, you, if you look at any of the Yankees in general, I mean they hype up the prospects are phenomenal at doing that. But I mean you got Clint Frazier and Andujar who are constantly in trade talks and always staying on the team. So you would think there's a bright future, and they're always seeming to get blocked. Yeah, I hear you. All right, uh, moving a couple steps down, I, I got to look into into Gene Segura a little bit. He's always been one of my favorite players. I I tend to try to stay away from Philly players unless they're severely underpriced. You know that that's I I'm a I I do the Real Muto or punt thing. So I have a lot of shares of Real Muto where I found them at value. Hoskins is my guy. Segura, I just I, I can't put my finger on it, but Eno Saris, who's in my TGFBI league, jumped like thirty spots in ADP on him to to pick him up with Cabrian Hayes still on the board. So I want to look into that a little bit. I want I want to see what he's looking at. There might be might be a swing change or something like that. I don't know. Um, 
around the same area. I know, Nick, you just took Josh Donaldson, didn't you? I did. I did. All right. You feel good about that? Yeah, he. Um, I'm. I'm going I'm to take the upside. I was between him and Trey Mancini, um, but just because, like I said, it's a 15 team league, and I was looking for positional value. I took the third baseman, which I needed. His injury concerns and the calf. It's. It, it is concerning. I mean, you put him though at full health, and he is a high power option. He's got. He had six home runs last year, only 28 games. 2019, the year before, he had 37 home runs. Um, his exit velocity is an elite level. The power is still there. But my only concern with it this year is the uh, Twins might rest him a lot more. Instead of 162 games, you might see 130, 140. So just playing time right there does is a little concerning. Yeah, but if it works and it's 140 healthy, I think you win. Oh, I'll, I'll buy that all day long. Yeah, I mean, if you get 140 healthy games from him, you still might get 30, 90, 90. <laughs> like, he's it. that good. I mean, this guy's only two years removed from being a first-round pick, mm-hmm. you know? and a former MVP. I'm actually, because I got sniped for Savali, I think my next pick is going to be a third baseman. In in the room, I'm in round 13. And and I'm taking a look at Donaldson. You know, it's a little bit early, but I'm also, I, I, I can't not take Justin Turner, man. Like, he never gets respect in fantasy, and he just consistently punches out 280 to 300 with 20 plus home runs like you, you just can't do much better than than justin turner for the price and I, I, he's probably gonna end up on my team so we'll we'll talk we'll talk about that i'm like seven eight picks away i'll end up putting it out on twitter right as soon as as soon as uh that goes down and probably in two three hours once i pick him uh, five to go david fletcher off the board david fletcher oh, oh that's a nice Nice segue. I think Andy wanted to mention yeah, David Fletcher. Absolutely. All right, tell me about him. Absolutely. He's, he's solid. Unintentional. Yeah, that, that was a, a good job, Nick. You know, uh, people say you're a little too quiet over there sometimes, but you're actually stepping up, man. I like it. I need to drink. <laughs> Maybe I can take a day off soon and let you do this. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I mean, David, David Fletcher's a, ended a, ended a, a safe end of the uh, draft type of player. You know, He's going to give you a really good average. Uh, I think it's a 290. 280 as the floor, probably, you know, maybe 10 to 15 small bases. And he gives you that flexibility with three positions at second, third, short. I, I think, you know, the, the lineup is not that bad. I think he'll still get some nice runs scored. And, you know, I think he has a safe path to playing time. So I, I think it's a safe ended of draft pick. What do you guys think? I can't disagree. I think you said everything I could possibly say about him. There's an, I couldn't say anymore. There, there's another guy that stack attacks taking quite a bit, uh, sneaking in there at a real low ADP. Uh, we're, lo- we're looking at 230 for Brian Anderson. Nick, why don't you start off with him? I've always liked Brian Anderson. I feel like I draft him every single year. I mean, that Marlins lineup is improving day by day. I mean, you look at his stat line last year. I mean, I don't think he's going to keep it up. But, I mean, he had 11 home runs in 59 games. You translate that to a full season, we're talking a potential 30 home run guy. I don't think he's going to hit 30 home runs. I think he'll settle at 25, but you get somebody at that level hitting 25 home runs in the 230 ADP area, that's bargain all day long. It was hit or miss on him, really, because his K rate went up 8%, and uh, that's why he was swinging. It looks like he was trying to you know, go for the power stroke a little more. You know, Marlins are trying to go to, to the playoffs. 
but uh, you know, he's a 34 to 36 percent on base percentage guy, so he's going to be on base all the time. Uh, this is the first year that he doesn't have multi position uh, eligibility, but I think he's safe in just the outfield now. He used to have that third base spot, but I think he's going to be solid. And I think uh, he's going to have a better year, bring down the K rate a little more, get the average up a little higher because it was a little low last year. And I think it's a safe pick. I, I will like it better. I know this is going to sound strange. If he bats f- fifth instead of batting third or fourth, I will like it more. And the reason for that is because they're probably going to finish off the lineup with uh, Miguel Rojas batting batting sixth or seventh. And I just I, I think Miguel Rojas is one of the most respected players in Major League Baseball, and pitchers fear him. He may not be a big fantasy stat guy but he he's just he's just a freaking scary hitter and he's a tough out and i think that if anderson gets to hit immediately in front of him it it's gonna it's gonna give him an opportunity to get on base quite a bit and i think you'll uh you guys are gonna end up liking that anybody else that you guys are interested at third base before we finish up for tonight not really i think a lot of these guys they they just go from first to third a lot of these guys have Multiple positions. So, yeah, I I, I I like Isaiah Kiner falafel quite a bit, but he's probably going to be a shortstop more than anything. Is good good source of uh, good source of stolen bases on the cheap. Um, Mike Brasso is a, a multi position player that I really really like. Not really slated to be a, uh, a, a really an everyday player, but he slots in nice to uh, help you out here and there. My sneaky guy, and I I I called this guy years ago and he 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 nailed it for me and i think he's got the potential to be a three-hole hitter if they keep him in the lineup is yandy diaz man the guy's one of the better right-handed hitters in the game from a hit tool perspective just can't stay healthy and he got jacked up and started trying to hit home runs which was never part of his game and it screwed him up a little bit he's the kind of guy man if he gets 450 to 500 at bats like at an ADP of 500, like nobody's drafting this guy whatsoever. I might, I might take him as my third base number one. If if I get sniped on Justin Turner, I might just not even draft a third baseman and plug Yandy Diaz in later on. I don't know, Nick. Anybody else you want to talk about? Or you want to head out? The um, this is the only thing I would, I would think about for uh, late round flyers. Nolan Jones for the Indians, third base prospect. High power. I mean, if you're in a 30 round draft, 28, 29, 30th round flyer. Nobody's going to draft him. I mean, it's worth a shot. He could be a midseason call-up and give you that power boost in that uh, crappy Cleveland lineup now. All right. I, I like it. I like it. All right. I guess that's going to be it for today. We, we got a little more long-winded than normal. Uh, uh, I'll be proud to tell Justin Mason that we beat his record because he's <laughs> he's so he's so proud that he had the longest. It wasn't. I mean, we used to go an hour and 30 sometimes last year, but we've been trying to keep it to 45 minutes because all of our listeners have ADD, right? Yeah, I'm surprised you were paying attention. Um, <laughs> all right, Nick, what are you working on this week? Anything good going on? Just uh, TGFBI, Razzlam. Um That's pretty much it right now. Those are my major focuses. And uh, NFL season, keeping an eye on free agency. Yep. Yeah, we're delayed on that mock draft, but I think we want to get a piece of the free agency before we go out and do that. I'm going to get it out before that. All right. Andy, you have anything intelligent to say before we get out of here? No, I usually don't. I'm really tired, so I'm out. 
<laughs> F it. Man of no words. All right. He's at and Mimi on Twitter. At AMAC22NJ, I'm at JTrella20. Guys, I got some things going on on creativesports2.com and fantasysixpack.net. Not to plug somebody else, but that's my work, man. Go check it out. I got a few articles up there, one on uh, ADP values, one on draft and hold strategies based on the the piece we did with Justin Mason about a month ago. But that's all about all I got right now. I'm taking the rest of the week off. And Trevor, take us out of here, man. Thanks. Come on, give me a break I just need some sleep